Training Camp Fatima Wakey 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 Campers wake up your counselors counselors wake up your campers everybody 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 it's time to head on over to the podcast the good nights and taps podcast back after a bit of a hiatus but now that we are in Camp Fatima season, I felt like it was time to bring the show back. Uh, sometimes where we've gone on hiatus with this show, um, I've made excuses for why I haven't done a show in weeks or months. Uh, this time, I suppose uh, my excuse is somewhat more legitimate. Um, my lovely wife, Courtney, and I uh, just welcomed a little baby into the world, uh, baby Finley. He's just about two months old. Um, perhaps on another edition of the podcast, we will uh, get into that. Maybe talk to Courtney. She's been a uh, she's been a guest on the podcast before, talking about our wedding. Maybe we'll get into childbirth. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Let's introduce our guests uh, for uh, for this edition of the Good Nights and Taps podcast, though. Uh, Joe McCaffrey, a very very well liked uh, counselor and staff member. Uh, but one that I, uh, Joe, I don't know if you and I were ever at Camp Fatima the same year, were we? So we never worked together, uh, Terry. The uh, the interaction that I had with you was when you would uh, kind of, you know, make the trip trip up to camp. Um, you know, I saw you at Fatimania in 2013, you know, joining that battle. Correct me if I'm wrong, you were, you were the one that uh, threw down with Scotty that year, if I'm not mistaken, right? I did, yeah. That was that was the summer of. I think that was actually twenty. No, you're right. It was twenty thirteen because that was my yep. first summer that I wasn't there. And Scotty, uh, whatever you want to say about Scotty, um, and and that name always prompts uh, kind of a mixed reaction. Uh, Fatimania was an event that was important to him, uh, and it yes. was also important to me. And so <laughs> throwing down with Scotty, as silly as it may sound, uh, that was a big deal for me that summer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Fatimania for me, uh, you know, I was able to participate the first year. I had a four-way battle royale. Uh, we had a special guest. Uh, you know him uh, pretty well, Terry. It's your cousin, Mike. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he decided, you know, it was a good idea to come up to camp and jump right in and you know, accidentally kicked me in the face and gave me a concussion, <laughs> concussion last week of a uh, third session that year. It was great. You, you got a concussion for real? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to go to the hospital <laughs> and everything. Yeah, it was great. Uh, during Color Wars, so I was an official, and I just went up to Simon, who came up third session to pretty much be, like, program or help out with program. And I was just like, hey, like, I can't really do anything. He's like, yeah, just go kind of ref the darts. <laughs> like, wow. you're, on, you're on dart duty and BB shed. Like, you're good to go. So uh, I got to ask, I, I, my memory is a little hazy for that time period. Was Michael Arthur working in his uh, signature masked man gimmick? That, that yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. Uh, we, uh, so we had a bit of a clash of styles because I had a mask on as well. And he came into camp and he was like, there can only be one masked man. And <laughs> I, I said no, and apparently it turned into a rivalry to the point that he – Thought it was a good idea to kick me in the face. So you said this this was a fatal four way. <laughs> oh yeah, who yeah, else was got, in there? It was uh, Connor Titches and Kevin Smithwood. That's that's it a got, good crowd there. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, I totally embraced the uh, luchador theme. I had a couple of the uh, the Mexican kids at camp, you know, carry me in. 
I had Jaime and uh, I forget what his, uh, what the other name was. I think his name was Alan. Uh, yes. They carried me on their shoulders, and I had, like, Eugenio and Anigo walking with us. Uh, and while well, I had, like, uh, ma- mariachi music on in the background. It was great. Who who went over in that match? Uh, me and Connor Titches did, but I don't quite remember the finish. Wait, so it was a, it was a fatal four-way that uh, two guys won? Oh, yeah. We ended up – it kind of <laughs> ended up – I mean, as you know, it's Fatamania uh, kind of – digresses into a especially when it comes to more than one person it kind of turns into a uh, a bit of a shit show it Joe, you yourself sometimes. you're a wrestling fan aren't you I, I love it and the reason why i do love it now is because of camp now oh, oh, all right all right so that so that's your first year it's a valid excuse uh if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time you'd know that um fatamania is one of my favorite events but in saying that with the exception of me, Brendan, and Sean, most of the guys on staff don't really watch wrestling. They got over it at a certain period in their childhood and just stopped watching. And yep. because of that, they don't know, like, you have to win by pinfall or submission and matches. Yep. Just You can't tell when they end. Whoever's DJing <laughs> doesn't play the theme music at the right time. So, yep. like you alluded to... It starts as a fatal four-way and then just descends into a tag team, and nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, yeah, absolutely. Guest referee comes out of nowhere and just totally just changes the roles on everybody. Did that happen? Was there a guest referee running in this battle? Uh, I want to I forget exactly who was refing that. I want to I forget. I forget exactly who it was. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the memory's a little hazy from that day, to be honest, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a total mark, uh, especially, like, I grew up watching, you know, wrestling, huge Stone Cold Steve Austin fan, Mankind, of course, shout out to Mick Foley, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I stopped watching kind of mid-2000s and then came back up to camp and, you know, ta- started talking to, you know, Sean about it a lot, and John Riley about it a lot, and then just started watching it, and now, like I said, I'm a, I'm a total mark, I, uh, I pay attention to it, I watch most of the pay-per-views, you know, I, I've been to a couple of SmackDown events, Went to TLC last year. It was, uh, yeah, it's been a good time. That's we'll we'll have to talk about that uh, at, at greater length at some point because I'm yes, glad definitely. that uh, we have found some common ground. Uh, so, <laughs> so the the highlight of this story is, of course, uh, Michael Arthur Stackhouse Randy Orton booted you <laughs> in the head. Yep. Um, describe to me, create a picture in my mind of what this looked like when that happened. Did you know the kick was coming or? How did that take place? Yeah. So, I mean, everything was pretty much on the fly, but we had, you know, we had a general idea, um, kind of how, you know, the finish was going to happen. And, um, you know, me and Kevin Smithwood were tangling for a while. I ended up doing like a, like a pretty much a cannonball on top of them. It was a, it was a great picture on Facebook of it, but, um, me and Mike were like, yeah, we'll tangle a little bit. And, you know, I got tossed and I looked up and, Obviously, as you know, he's supposed to pull the, you know, he's not supposed to hit you. And he connected just enough where it, it hit me straight in the face. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, kind of like a Randy Orton punt a little bit. Um, yeah, and uh rest of the match was a little hazy from then on. And so at what point did uh, did you decide that you needed to go to the hospital? Or was it your decision? It was my decision. I uh, So I had a day off because Fatimania's first is no. I want to say I had a day off, uh, like right after Fatimania and I just went to the hospital and, uh, they were just like, yep, you, uh, you got a concussion. You might, uh, you know, you probably shouldn't, you know, run around and stuff. So 
went back up to camp and had that conversation with Simon when I got back. And uh, thankfully, he was cool about it. Simon's the man. He is the man. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm, I'm so glad that we started with uh, with that story. Um, yeah. But let's let's get backtrack just a little bit here. Uh, so that was your first year. That was the summer of 2013, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So how did how'd you hear about camp? So I, uh, so, so, so during the year I was kind of, I was doing school, um, you know, kind of needed to figure out something to do during the summer. And I had known Scotty, uh, funny enough, actually before camp, he was the coach of the girls soccer team at my high school, if I'm not mistaken, uh, ended up doing some DJ jobs with him. And, um, my buddy, my, my friend, Mike, happened to kind of tell me about camp a little bit and I had nothing to do. So, you know, I had a pretty good relationship with Scotty and I was like, you know, Hey, I heard about this camp, you know, what's the deal. And, you know, he told me all about it and got me really psyched up and told me about civil war and, you know, all the color wars and kind of, you know, the, the, the brotherhood and all that, you know, all the fun stuff and, uh, totally got me hooked and I, uh, ended up going to camp. Scotty has, really attracted kind of a mixed bag of people to camp i mean it's maybe it's maybe 10 guys or so over the years uh you're definitely one of the unanimous uh liked guys that were brought in yeah i love to hear that scotty does deserve some credit i mean he he was an ambassador for camp fatima in uh the wakefield massachusetts middlesex county region so he really sold you on it yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, kind of your, your, uh, whatever your opinion about Scotty, he, you know, he, as you know, he, that guy lives for camp, um, and he really painted kind of a really great picture of it. I mean, of course, he kind of told me that the, uh, the pay wasn't that great, but I was, tw- I was nineteen at the time, nineteen or twenty at the time, and I was like, you know what, I'm not doing anything else, so let's, let's, let's rock and let's see it. There have been improvements to counselor pay in the last yep. few years since. Uh, yep. Dave Tebow was at the helm, and I, I think because of that, uh, parents are paying more to, to send their kids, or it, at least that's that, that's a contributing factor. But I'll say even before that, uh, pay, it, at least to me, it never seemed like the pay was bad. Anytime I got a paycheck before a day off, I felt like a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, because you're, you're not spending the money, you know, it's you're just kind of either saving it or you're going to Walmart. Uh, you know, that's kind of what you're spending the majority of your money on. And then you have a day off here and there, but you know, I was able to save, I was able to save probably about, you know, like 1500, $2,000 my first summer camp. Right. And I mean, depending on your own financial situation, some people have to make the tough choice, you know, maybe before college to work somewhere else before that, to stock up some money, save up for tuition. Uh, I was in a very fortunate situation where uh, I was able to afford room and board with some loans and such so that the money I was making at camp was really just a cushion for when I was there. Yeah. It was entertainment yeah. spending. Yeah, yeah. The cherry on top, pretty much. Yeah. Not, not everybody gets that. And, and I think sometimes there's uh, – resentment's not the right word, but uh, beloved staff members leave and – we're left wondering where'd you go why aren't you coming back and sometimes that is the case that that they do need to pursue a more uh, lucrative summer job or, or pursue something where they're taking home a little bit more cash yeah i agree i mean for me i was able fortunately enough i mean i would have 
I mean, if I if I could, you know, if I could swing it, you know, I'd be up at camp this year. It's just, um, you know, for me, I would have when I was, you know, in college, I would have done it completely for free because it was just, you know, you, you you had a place to stay. You got free food. Of course, you know, having that paycheck on top of it was nice. And unfortunately, I was only able to do two summers. But, you know, being able to do those two summers and not really having that kind of financial burden, uh, you know, having a car, having you know, tuition payments or anything like that, that wasn't really, you know, weighing me down when I was there, fortunately enough. Right. Uh, so what division were you in that, that first year? I, wa- I was, uh, I was in 2013 with, uh, Mr. Ben Donahue. That's right. The, the, I, you know, maybe Ben went, was head staff for two summers. I forget. Was it, was it just the one or he was, so I know his first summer was 2012, right? Yeah, he was there as a counselor for at least one summer before yeah. he got the head staff job, yeah. Yep, yep, and then, so he was Inst Division head in 2013, and then 2014, um, you know, there was a bit of a mass exodus of uh, counselors, Right. so uh, Ben did not return. That's right, yeah, what what a, me- a mess that uh, situation <laughs> was. Um, yeah. That, I, you know, it. I have said before, nothing is off limits on this podcast, um, but that's just it's it's not my story to tell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and we don't definitely do, don't need to go into it. But uh, yeah, it was uh, 2014 was a bit. Of, it was definitely a bit of a different summer because you know all these senior counselors were you know they had, they were gone. So it was you know a lot of you know younger guys had to kind of pick up the slack. And 2014 was fun. Donovan Caputo was uh, senior division head, and I was his uh, I was his assistant. So. Seniors was uh, seniors was a good time. I'll tell you that. Uh, this now this is actually the first time uh, that I recall knowing that you were assistant seniors. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so like I said, you know, a lot of and I was. I mean, I was twenty one or twenty that summer, and I was one of the older guys. So they were pretty much just like, hey, like it's like you and you know not a lot of other people. So we need you to take some sort of assistant role. So. Fortunately, you know, me and Donovan were, you know, me, me and Donovan were tight. We, you know, we're still, you know, really good friends. And he was just like, hey, man, like, I need you. Like, do you want to do it? And I was like, absolutely. And I was like, I'd love to do Club 15. And fortunately, I was able to do Club 15 that summer as well. So you, so you did Ints full summer, first time around, and then Club yeah. 15 and assistant the second second year. Yeah, I made a, made a big jump in my second year. But it was uh, summer, summer 2014 was awesome. That's that's not bad, man. There are there are staff members who I mean, I, I did two years in juniors. <laughs> I was model counselor in two thousand eight, and, yeah. and I came back and was in juniors. I mean, given I was assistant <laughs> division head, which was a tremendous honor. Thank you, Dan Bassett. But it's still it's still juniors. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I had this con- so I did a podcast. I did this podcast with uh, Kyle Vanzera, and we were talking about juniors, like. Shout out to the junior counselors. I could never, I could never do it. I need at least like four cups of coffee when I'm at camp in the morning. I can't, you know, I can't deal with, you know, seven, eight, nine and 10 year olds like screaming and waking up in the morning. Can't do it. It is a totally different approach. It, it yeah. truly is. Uh, at times you do feel more like a babysitter. Uh, and I would say that you are more on the lookout for just mood and emotion control these kids are still pretty young in a lot of cases they they do need um that i guess kind of emotional supervision of hey are you doing okay are you homesick that maybe the older kids i mean they they bring their own set of challenges as of course you know 
Yep, yep, absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, with the I mean, I did starter week two two years in a row, um, and that was oh, Terry, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. You, you okay? Got me. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, so I did starter week two years in a row, and I was fortunately. Uh, I was fortunately enough, you know, able to hang out with the younger kids. But like you said, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of um, you have to be kind of always, you know, aware of what's going on when you go up to Club 15 and, you know, you just got to pretty much just be like, hey, just don't, you know, don't run around and burn down camp like you'll be good to go. You know? <laughs> yeah, I was I got to be a counselor in Club 15, I believe. Yeah, it was just one session. And my co was Diego Olvera. And that was in. 2010 and that was incredible yeah Uh, it's um obviously you were a fantastic counselor and you were deserving of a promotion uh perhaps had certain people been able to come back that year they would have had that spot just based on seniority yeah Um, did you feel at all like there was ever a perception from certain staff members that you hadn't been there long enough to do club 15? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, it was, I mean, it was a little bit, definitely a little bit of a battle, um, you know, cause I was friends with all these guys and then, you know, one summer and then I'm coming in kind of the second summer when, you know, guys like, you know, you and your family, you guys were at camp for, you know, 15 years, you know, there's guys like, you know, Henry Malinowski and all these people who have been there forever. And, you know, I had to kind of, you know, you know, I don't like to say say it like this, but kind of, you know, be boss them around a little bit. And, you know, there was some, you know, there was some there was some disagreements. But fortunately enough, you know, there was kind of a common respect between everybody that was kind of just like, hey, you know, you do your job. I'll do my job. You know, we'll you know, we'll get along. We're a few years removed from this now, of course. Can you think of any particular instance that you're comfortable talking about? where you where you did kind of butt heads with uh somebody on staff yeah yeah me and henry malinowski got into it um one day uh particularly about how to um discipline this one kid and uh me and henry you know we we had a little bit of a disagreement uh in how to kind of go about it uh he wanted to kind of get them to write like a you know like a 15 page, 20 page essay. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And, you know, it, yeah, I was like, I was like, I don't, I, I don't know about that. You know, have them write a couple of pages, but you know, we, we were button heads a little bit that night, but we had a conversation about it kind of like the next day. We were just like, Hey, like, sorry, sorry. Like, let's move on. Let's make sure that kind of this summer, you know, works out. And, you know, fortunately enough, you know, Henry, me and Henry became kind of much cooler throughout the summer specifically because you know i I try to push for him to you know be club 15 because there was a lot of shuffling um that summer uh i had a uh i had an interesting co that summer i'll dive into that in a second but um you know i pushed for henry to get club 15 and fortunately he got it me and him were able to kind of you know work together and you know make sure kind of we made the best out of the summer me and henry still talk like all the time and who knows maybe your friendship wouldn't have been as strong, maybe at least not from the get-go, had you not had that tough moment and managed to just work through it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, it's, um, you know, camp is fun, but, you know, it's also work. And sometimes you, you know, you have to, especially when you're in a leadership position, sometimes you have to kind of make tough choices when, you know, it's, you don't want to go, you don't want to kind of go against one of the counselors, but you got to kind of see what's, 
you know, what's fair and what's kind of what you foresee as kind of more of a applicable punishment to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it was all, it was all good. Fortunately enough, um, you know, moving forward and I, uh, I'm still, I'm still really good friends with like all the guys that I was counselors with Bobby Marino, uh, was, became a legend that summer. There are multiple instances like the one you pointed out where, there's just no good solution to a problem, and you yeah. have to make a decision that is inevitably going to hurt somebody, piss them off, but just there's no alternative, and you have to make that choice of what is going to make you know the least amount of negative impact. Yeah, any yeah, scenarios like that come you know where you're making a decision on behalf of the division or your cabin. Um trying to think anything uh particular oh there was a uh so like i said kind of with my co that summer um this was much more on like the cabin basis so we're in cabin one and uh we had this kid josh in our cabin uh he was a one he was a one summer guy and for those who were in my cabin uh that year they they remember he was a he was a lot. Um, he really became a uh he he started he, he became almost too tough on the kids you know, like swearing at them and, you know, um, kind of, you know, being kind of a bit of a bully. And this guy was, I, I mean, this guy was probably like six, five, not going to lie, 300 pounds, just like a extremely large, you know, human being scary. Boy. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm five, I'm five eleven, one eighty, you know, and I'm kind of having to pull him aside and being like, Hey dude, like <laughs> cut it the fuck out. Like these kids, like they're supposed to be having fun. Like they're not supposed to be like deathly afraid of you. <laughs> like you know and fortunately you know thankfully you know he kind of let up a little bit and we were able to kind of move forward but i had to kind of you know pull him aside and really kind of tell him what what was up um and kind of because you know it just wasn't working out at the time um you know and you want to try and make sure that you know obviously the campers are you know happy and having having a good time but you also want to make sure that you're kind of catering to your co in that situation so um, but you know, it was one of those things I had to go, I had to go cabin over the car there. That's a tough situation. Uh, I think we have all been in a situation where we are paired with somebody who at least we perceive as having a skill set that we don't agree with yeah. or there's just clashing styles or in a lot of situations, there's one counselor who will just do all of the work and not realizing that just they're martyring themselves and just, Oh, I'll, I'll be the one to sweep. I'll be the one to clean the toilet. I'll be the one to make sure that the kids are all head toe. And then they get pissed at the other one because they've forcibly taken the initiative yeah, and not, uh, had that conversation to delegate who does what I've been at fault doing that before. Yeah, no, I have too. Uh, when I was in ints, I had, a. Uh... A uh, little, a little guy, a uh, little co by the name of Kyle Trico, um, in Party the cabin. All night long. Oh yeah, yeah. Kids a uh, kids a legend, but he just, I mean, he. I, it was more of like I, I took the initiative, but at the same time, like he did nothing. <laughs> like he, he just like he slept through check in multiple times. Like he was just, uh, you know, he he was tough to deal with as a co specifically. Uh, but fortunately, I when I was an int, I had really good CITs. Um, you know, with me, I had like Zach Almeida, if you remember him, I had, um, Chris Genusis, I had Declan, um, and I had, who else was in that? Oh, Sean Mocha. 
those are my CITs and they were all pretty, pretty great. And, um, you know, I was able to, you know, kind of depend on them when my co's were kind of, you know, not really kind of, you know, doing well. Um, but yeah, first session I ran into that, I, uh, I came back, I came back on my day off and, um, like the cabin was just running amok and I, I totally kind of stepped in and I was, I, I got, I got probably a little too mad at my coast but i was just like you guys are you guys are not doing shit these kids are running around it's a bf day we got kids you know running uh like running down uh camp road just like <laughs> all, all all over the place it's and, a bf uh, day for crying out loud <laughs> yeah i had these kids you know i and i'm on my day off and i'm having to you know put put out fires and you know having to kind of control my own cabin and uh, Ben Donahue actually came up to me after that, uh, BF day. He's like, Hey man, like I get what you did, but like you're on your day off. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Were you a uh, land or water? Oh, land, land all day. L's all day. I, I didn't, I was trying to guess. I didn't know what to peg you as. Yeah. I, uh, so, I mean, I know the, the legends of the stack house, you guys are, Amazing runners, not the strongest swimmers. So, no, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm 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 a land guy. I was played sports growing up. Water's just kind of not my friend. I can swim a little bit, but you're never gonna catch me in the relay. Uh, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I I was digging land. I, I became friends with. I, I did ropes as well, so I was I was tight with a lot of the uh, a lot of the land guys, and I kind of just gravitated towards it because I didn't necessarily want to be on water, and there was a lot more stuff to do on land. Did you do the ropes training? You yeah, have to get certified. So first year, I uh, I did it, and they were short a couple. Of, uh, so I didn't do the ropes training, but they were short a couple of the guys. So Eric Cody came up to me and he was like, "Hey man, like, do you want to like do ropes?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. Like, why not?" So I like learned how to belay, and that's it. Pretty much in the first summer, I could not you know tie the knot, anything like that. Second summer, I came back, ropes grew again, um, and I still did not learn how to tie the knot. And uh, I was pretty much kind of stuck like that all summer. It was funny. I'm deathly afraid of heights. And during ropes training, we were on the um, the obstacle course or whatever it is, and the the high the high, um, the high ropes and the junk. Yeah, the junk. And I got caught up there, and I was stuck there for like maybe half an hour. <laughs> How did you get caught? Did you get yeah, caught, I, or did you get scared? So it was it was partially scared, but I partially got caught as well. You know where um, where there's the like the metal uh, kind of rope that's in between the two. Um, I forget exactly what they're called, but I got caught in the middle and I was trying to pull myself, and my arms became like super tired, so I couldn't like actually get myself to the other side to get out of it. So uh, Luke Sheck, who is uh, another camp guy, he, he came in after you. Um, he had to come up and, uh, you know, help me out and get me out of there. It is just tremendous when counselors have to be rescued (laughs) because it's just such a moment of humiliation for them and such a heroic moment for the other one. Yeah. Yeah. And we were training, we were training with Bernie girl. So, you know, he was looking like, he was looking like the, uh, the superhero and I was looking like the damsel in distress. I'm sure, I'm I'm sure that felt great (laughs) when you got back to the ground. Yeah, I had to take I had to take about a fifteen minute to myself. Um, it was a oh, go go ahead, Joe. 
Oh, no, no, no. What were you going to say? Oh, I, I was just going to uh, kind of lead us into our next topic. And, uh, you know, I'll preface this by saying, unfortunately, with these uh, newer podcasts, I'm, I'm aiming to uh, do closer closer to 30 minutes so I can okay. uh, attend to uh, to the baby and potentially do more shows. Yeah, um, absolutely. But um, you uh, I've just seen seen on Facebook that you have made uh, at least just this past year a guest appearance during special needs week, which is great. Yep. Um, tell me about your experience uh, in needs week and who some of your favorites are. Yeah. Uh, so let me preface this by saying special needs week um, for everything out of camp, love camp, special needs week will always be the best week. For me, um, it really is that one thing, and it sounds kind of cliche, but you come out of it and you're like, wow, I really, you know, I really did some good work this week. You know, I really, you know, these guys, they spend their money, they, they save up their money all year just to come hang out with you, um, you know, for the week. And I was fortunate enough, I was able to be a counselor for two years I uh, during Needs Week. I did, um, first year I was with, uh, you know, Mike Finese and the old guys, you know, Coach and Wally. And then uh, second year, I was with, uh, you know, some of the other guys like uh, Joe Ramsey and uh, Big Eric and uh, Bill Robinson. Uh, so that was uh, it. Was, I, I love Needs Week. Um, favorite campers. I have a couple. I have a couple of favorite campers. Wally has got to be up there. Um, just just the fact that the guy's a, a character. He is such he's he's like the most interesting man in the world. Uh, can I can I know, cut you off for a moment? Yeah, because I, I just I don't want this to uh, escape us before I do share this brief story. Uh, there there is another layer to Wally's uh, the the interest that he cultivates. So I I visited uh, briefly uh, on pickup day on the last day of special needs week, and uh, Sue Cronin the. Uh, Co-founder, to my understanding, a special needs week uh, slash coffee station uh, guard uh, in the dining hall. She's wearing like a, a, a pair of like short, like old lady gardening shorts. <laughs> yeah. Wally comes up to her, takes one finger and lifts her shorts up. <laughs> so like all all the way to like you're, you're, you're in an area that's like you're like you're really you're getting in there. <laughs> And you are, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's and she just very calmly goes, "Oh, he's looking at my scar, a surgery <laughs> scar." And apparently oh my god! He's, he's fascinated by that. I just it was, um, it surprised me that she was comfortable with that. Uh, cheers to Sue Cronin for for her patience. That's great. It was weird, but uh, that was just the story I had to share. Yeah. Hey. Uh, yeah. Special shout out to Sue Cronin. The woman is an absolute angel. Love that lady. Always. You know. Every time I come up, she's always one of the first people to welcome me. Uh, and you know, she's been rocking with camp. You know, since day one. She's an OG of camp. Uh, yeah. Wally's awesome. Um, just an interesting guy. Really. I mean, generally easy camper to deal with, which is always a which is always a great thing. I mean, you know, with special needs campers you know there can be some real challenges uh that comes with it but they uh yeah so i have another one uh shane sutton who i uh, i posted a picture with uh during needs week dance he uh you know came up gave me a big hug he he actually asked me to uh plan his bachelor party so i heard, i remember that it was like a year ago or so yeah yep absolutely gotta get gotta get the plans in motion gotta get gotta invite all the boys from the uh good uh from the good nights and uh taps yeah uh <laughs> gotta invite everybody but um 
know, he's great. You know, absolute, you know, wonderful kid. Uh, Bill Robinson, I have a special place for Bill Robinson. Uh, you know, he's one of those campers that, you know, he, he's the type of kid you say no and he asks why and why and why and why. And, um, you know, me and him were able to kind of, you know, I, I was able to teach him the word patience pretty much <laughs> the year I was in a, I was a counselor with him. Um, who else? I like Joe Ramsey a lot. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that I mentioned initially, uh, Mario, uh, one of the older guys. Do you remember John? The uh, the old eighty two year old guy. Oh man, I I don't know which John you're referring to. I, yeah, I, if if you had a photo of him, I'm sure I'd immediately know who you're talking about. But. Yeah, I forget what his last name is, but he was just like he was just an old guy. You know, he he was a great camper. Didn't really talk much. When he did, though, he he used to tell these like crazy stories just about um you know like bank robbers and they were so detailed it was like damn like that's awesome john but he was uh so he used to wear diapers i mean not not shocking considering you know you know who you know the the fact he has a developmental disease and he's or just uh disability and he's 82 years old at camp um what i what what was bad about that though is that he used to take them off and hide them under his bed (laughs) <laughs> so so um and we were it's in good cabin, spot to hide them yeah <laughs> we were in cabin, yeah and we were in cabin 14 and um you know and that's one of the cabins that you know it gets real hot uh so you know wednesday rolls around and the cabin is just fumigated with shit <laughs> it was yeah it was bad and uh fortunately enough i had some i had some good guys to kind of show me the ropes haji and uh mike Venise that you know i was going to that week like i'm not dealing with poop i'm not dealing with pee i'm not dealing with any of this stuff and then like two days into it i'm like yeah sure i'll help you change your diaper <laughs> it's a unique level of patience that you have to yeah. have if you're working with the with the older campers because not only do you need patience in general during special needs week to work through these difficult moments with the campers, but also the patience to just take the week slower and and not rush the kids to, Hey, let's get your shoes on. We got to go to the water. Now we got to get out of the water. We got to get to the meal to uh, be able to just slow things down and and let let them dictate the, the pace that you're going. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the older guys. Like those guys are just there to chill. Like, Hey, like we have soccer, but you want a Fandango and a smoke and coke? Okay, we're going to Fandango and a Smoke and Coke. All you guys. We're going to do whatever you guys want to do. But, yeah, no, I agree with you on the patient side. It's just everything is – even with even with just every kind of – every single camper, I mean, the, the pace of just camp that week is just significantly different. It's much more slower paced. Um, you know, you have to constantly be with your cabin, you know, so it, it, it kind of teaches you – for me, it really – it humbled me, and it kind of, you know, kind of really – help me kind of figure out what's really important um, and how to, you know, kind of really appreciate, uh, you know, the things I'm lucky for, Um, you know, shout out to those parents, you know, who, uh, you know, raise those kids and, you know, have those kids in their houses until they're, you know, 90 years old, taking care of them, you know, special, special, special type of people. Uh, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, I have such an immense level of, uh, uh, of respect for those parents, um, for, for, for all that they do. And, uh, in some small way, if, if we're able to provide them with some level of comfort that their kids are, are safe and having a good time so that they can then relax for even just five days and maybe go out to dinner or go to the beach or something, um, then, yeah, I'm glad that we can do that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And what's what would be a good needs week without uh, Mr. Diesel telling his uh, you know tear tear jerker speeches too. I, I was able to see Diesel. I've, ac- I've actually been at camp twice and uh, likely stomping by again this coming weekend. Um, the, uh, the little one has allowed me to take off some time here and there from work. and uh, Nice. And so uh, family bonding time. Summer is a great time for that. And I uh, brought the little one into canteen. She didn't meet Diesel, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, Diesel hasn't changed one bit. Same guy, still rocking. Um, yeah, still trucking. Uh, Joe, I'm, I'm I'm sorry to have to wrap uh, things up a little bit earlier than I know I've I've done with uh, with previous shows. Um, do, let's. Uh, you, you ready to head into good nights and taps? Is, is there anything yeah. else that you want to say before we uh, we start heading there? Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. You know, I've especially since you started this, I definitely wanted to. Uh, you know, because like you said, you know, we never worked together, but we yeah. always, you know, had pretty strong, you know, interactions. You know, you're always a great guy to talk to. So, you know, I'm really glad that uh, you had me on, and um, especially with my podcast that I'm trying to kind of get going. You know, it's nice to kind of try it with you because you've done it, you know, a bunch of times. And take take a little mental note here. Hey, I'll I'll listen to. Uh, let's get a plug in. What's it called? Yeah, it's called the Savagely Average Podcast. Check it out. It's on. It's on. It's on SoundCloud. Cool. And yeah, I we host this one on SoundCloud. So we're doing a little cross promotion. I'll I'll listen to you on on my way into work tomorrow. Absolutely. And we're gonna have you. Uh, we'll definitely have you on the podcast one of these days, I'd, too, Jerry. I'd, I'd be honored. And uh, yeah. definitely. Before, before we head into good nights and taps too, I do just want to say, um, yeah, I I wish that we had the opportunity to work together and you know maybe within the same division. Um, you know, I, I wish that I had had the chance to kind of get to know you better in that setting and, and going into this podcast, I knew that you're somebody who is very well liked, who, uh, I, I admired and respected, but I wasn't sure, you know, common ground wise, what we would have to talk about. And this has, yeah. has definitely been one of the easiest, most enjoyable podcasts. <laughs> so I thank you for that. Yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate that, Terry. It was a, it was a good time. I appreciate you having me on. You want to uh, lead the way on uh, the traditional exhale for good nights and taps? Oh, absolutely. I was able to do good nights and taps for the first time during Needs Week. It was electric. Th- this past week, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it is so great that they have set up the online stream. Yeah, um, I love it. I, I love it. I haven't tried to listen to it uh, since Special Needs Week ended, but I guess my, you know, Brendan, my brother, told me that it's, it's running all the time, so if you want oh, to hear sweet. Cheeseburger in Paradise before you <laughs> have a uh, ham and cheese during your lunch break or something, <laughs> hey, tune in. Um, Absolutely. Alright, anyways, here we go. Let's do it. <sighs> well, Camp Fatima, it has been a great day we just uh, caught up with the one and only Joe McCaffrey uh, a a counselor who gained almost legendary status in just two (laughs) short years somebody who is still talked about by uh, in particular campers at special needs week they talk about him so fondly Um, and uh, he still visits now and then we cross paths every now and then um, Joe, who'd you like to say goodnight to? Gotta say goodnight to, uh, to Simon Theron Dennis, first and foremost, my, uh, my favorite French-Canadian guy in the world. <laughs> I'm going to say goodnight <laughs> to uh, Billy Robinson. I'm going to share a brief story. Um, when I rolled into camp on that morning before the campers got picked up, 
during this past special needs week. He came up to me. And keep in mind, Billy Robinson was not, he was never my camper. I uh, was always friendly with him, but we, we never got the opportunity to get to know each other super well. But he, he was so excited. He gave me a great greeting and he said, I said a prayer during Mass that you and, wait for it, Joe McCaffrey would visit during yeah. Special Needs Week. And that just yeah, meant that... so much to me. So, good night Absolutely. to you. Who else you got? Yeah, gotta say good night to the uh, to the South. I love you forever and ever. Uh, may the North never win another Civil War ever again. I'm gonna say good night to uh, Connor Johnson, a Special Needs Week camper who uh, I got to see. Uh, was glad that uh, we were able to catch up with him. I also want to say good night to Chris Stark of Special Needs Week fame. Uh, just a, a quick uh, story here. He hosted some Best Buddies fashion show in the Boston area with Daniel Miller, who is an anchor for Fox 25, or now Boston 25 News. Daniel Miller tweeted a photo, like, on his professional news account that he would use to share news. And I monitor Twitter during, you know, the day just to see if I'm missing anything in the news world that we need to have on our air. And as I'm perusing uh, the news headlines, <laughs> I see Chris Stark with this guy. <laughs> so sent yeah, him a message, and yes, anyways, funny. I saw funny that thing. as well. I saw that as well. <laughs> Small world. Hey, good night to yep. Daniel Miller as well at Boston Twenty Five News. Yeah, good night to Tom Brady, uh, hosting the Best Buddies Challenge every year. You do a lot of good work, and you are a legendary individual, sir. Uh, good night to Dave Coffee. Keeps camp running on diesel fuel. Yeah, you got to have the diesel fuel. Good night to Scotty Elias. I wouldn't have been on this podcast without you. All right. And uh, I think we'll end it on that. Uh, I, think, and- I think that's a good spot. All right. Well, uh, Joe, thanks again for, for doing this. this. This really was a blast. I'll, uh, I'll let yeah. you take us out. But uh, first, where the sun is hot and the trees are shady. Good night, Camp Fatima. Good night to our lady. <laughs>